This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to Rob Ryan Red, a Wrexham FC podcast by Nathan Salt and Rich Faye, bringing you all the latest views, news and interviews from around the race course. Now, if you're new around here, make sure to subscribe. But enough of that. Let's get on with the show. Kreuzer, hello and welcome to the latest episode of Rob Ryan Red, the Wrexham AFC podcast, brought to you in association with Red Tent People Development. It's been a case of out with the Oldham, in with the new this week, with Nafe off in Nagoya, Japan for the F1. I've had to do, I have to search the contact list for a suitable replacement worthy of their own podium place. Uh, on today's episode, we'll unpack a double dose of away days that sort of go top of the table with a win at Oldham before another not-so-good trip to County on Tuesday night. So, let's get on with the show. I'm delighted to say I'm joined by food connoisseur, pantomime uh, interviewee as well, Tommy Kaus. How are you doing? You also had quite a, a wild Tuesday. For those who don't follow you, you interviewed Widow Twanky first and then went off to Notts County. Yeah, yeah, it was a bit of a uh, bit of a wild Tuesday, mate. To be honest, yeah, but uh, I didn't know at the time. But it turned out um, going to speak to the Panto people was the highlight of my day. Uh, but, but yeah, uh, yeah, a bit of a disappointing, Rich. Just got to start by saying, loving the puns, fantastic, <laughs> great start to the show. I was, and, uh, I was, I, I, was yeah. I was literally thinking, do I make a bit whole pantomime script of? Oh no, he didn't. Oh yes, he did. But I was like, nah. <laughs> Nobody needs that, do they? Nafe said this in this in Japan, and he would just be switching off saying, this ain't going out this week. We've just got to not do a podcast. Cause yeah. the I, he's got to leave in not so good, because that's that's just that gold, that is. Yeah, yeah. if you need any but more, yeah. let us no, know. It's, uh, it's the first time I've ever done a podcast with uh, uh, an ex-pupil at a Scotland Hubbard as well, mate. So, yeah, it's an honour today. The alumni, yeah. Maybe we can get in for, do an assembly together one week, do a live pod on the, on, on the stage. <laughs> Yeah, but this is this is what you could achieve, children. If you, uh, <laughs> this is the pinnacle. If you of, don't listen to anything oh we say at school. <laughs> uh, so, 
where do we start, I suppose, with the weekend? You've got to look at both results together, I suppose, because three points from the two, I think most fans would have taken four points. They would have been very happy with that. And the mood on Tuesday night, certainly when we got to Meadow Lane, was I would have taken a point in Notts County. But the reason we were optimistic is we, we won at Oldham. But it was a bad performance on Saturday, wasn't it, Tommy? It was masked by the, the nature of it. The fact we played bad made the win and the comeback win that much more special. Mike Fondop had the game of his life and it all counted for nothing. Yeah, um, yeah, I think you're right about uh, about Oldham. It's, um, you know, sometimes it can be masked by a, you know, fantastic last five minutes, and, you know, just getting, uh, you know, getting the late goals. That's, um, you know, and everyone's going home with, with a smile on their face. But yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't fantastic. I think, you know, sometimes, especially away from home, I think uh, we can struggle a little bit against a team with a, with a low block and, and, you know, Oldham was so deep, they were, you know, in that second half, they were almost in the stand with the Wrexham fans, weren't they? But, um, yeah, as you say, Rich, completely agree. I think we, we'd have all been over the moon with four points. We've come out, come out with three, which isn't a disaster. We've got to be honest. It's, um, you know, we, we've got our two, arguably the two toughest games uh, of the season out the way. Um, but, you know, bottom wood in a couple of weeks as well. I, I don't think it's going to be uh, a very easy game either. So, but uh, yeah, for me, I, I'm I'm not I'm not pressing the panic button. I think a few people, as we do as Wrexham fans, we all do it. I've done it in the past, as, uh, as people who've seen my <laughs> old videos will know. Um, you know, sometimes you can go overboard after a loss. I don't think there's any need to do that. I think you look back at the Knots game, and um, and I think Pat, you know Parkinson said after the game. I think we created probably twice as many chances in that Notts game as we did against Oldham. So, you know, it's strange that we've come out losing the game. Um, but yeah, just just to just to recap, really, I think um, you know three points from the two games. It's not fantastic, but it's not a disaster either. If you look at the formation as well, it was unchanged uh, Tuesday night, the same side that started at Oldham anyway. But I thought in the Oldham game, it was the, the subs who made a difference. We, you know, Elliot Lee gets chanted, serenaded by the fans in every game where it's goalless after 20 minutes, really. And the fans love him and they want to see him start. But it's the predicament of, do you do you bring on an impact sub every week as an impact sub? Or do you finally cave in and, and, and start them? Because it's a very different sort of nature. And I know we wanted to talk yeah. about Sam Dolby a bit as well, didn't we? Because he does change games. And I thought he was excellent yeah. against Oldham again. And yeah, he, he made a real difference. But... Ben Tozer, what a finish that was. I did not know he had that in his locker. The, the, the shimmy, the drop of the shoulder in the bottom corner as well. And then the balls of Mullen. Last minute, packed away and I would not be able to stand over that. I, I So much pressure on his, no. on his shoulders and there was never any doubt he was going to score and it was absolute pandemonium, absolute bedlam. Yeah, another incredible yeah. away win. What did you make of the the actual display? Then, do you think it was one where a draw would maybe, maybe would have been a fair result against Oldham, but we just had that quality that that, that changed it? Yeah, I I do feel just just because of the nature of the way Oldham set up, I do feel like we deserved the win because there was only one team taking their game mm. to opposition. I thought, you know, I thought Oldham really. Uh, 
you can only get away with playing that way for so long. I think uh, we, we deserve to get the win in the end because we were pressing the issue. We didn't create anywhere near enough. You've got to be honest about that. Um, but yeah, I think I think we did deserve the win against Oldham. Like I say, I wish we won the left. Well, no, I don't wish we won the left. It's so late. You can't beat a last minute winner, yeah. but it's not good for the uh, for the heart, is it really? But um, how was it for the uh, no, for the, for the writing as well? Being a reporter in these sort of games is. Well, you you know what it's like, Rich. You, on that occasion, I wasn't in a rush. On on the midweek games, I try and get everything written up ahead of the final whistle so I can send it off straight away. But but I mean, uh, you know, on a Saturday game, it's, it's not too bad because I can just sort of like delay it a little bit. Otherwise, I'd have had to rip up the whole <laughs> the whole report really. So, uh, but yeah, it's you know it, it's great. I, I mean. Um, you know, as me and and Colin, uh, Colin from the media team from the club, we were celebrating like mad in the Oldham end, and we looked around and were like, "Oh shit, maybe we should have uh, showed a bit more respect than that." But uh, but they are um, old habits die hard. But um, but now, just what you said before, Rich. I think um, I, I don't know about you. I had I never had any doubt whatsoever that Mullin was popping that in. I know he missed the penalty at um, was it not last year? Yeah, last season three. Yeah, it was. Yeah, of course, but no. I, I, last minute, he's your man. Nerves of steel, and um, and yeah, he was never going to miss that one. Um, you know, I, I'm the same as you, Rich. I, you know, I, I used to play local football and stuff, and I remember taking a penalty once in front of uh, you know three men and a, three men and a dog, and I was nervous as anything in front of that. So, you know how these uh, how these lads do it in front of uh, eight nine thousand fair play to them. But uh, fire, fire in the yeah, belly, I, ice in the veins, as Parky said on on the dock a few yeah. weeks ago. It's uh, yeah, an, an interesting one there for him to keep his cool again. But what what a man he is! And again, the the class just shows through, doesn't it? I mean, our team is so good. I think that we'll probably get onto that when we talk about the knots game later on. That. We have just got a brilliant team, and there's a long, long, long way to go in this season yet. So, like you said, I would not be, would not panic. Um, obviously, a few concerns as, as Wrexham fans always do. There's always the pessimist who thinks, you know, we might find a way to to still not go up even after all this investment. But there's been a lot more positive than the negative this season. And the other interesting point as well, Tori, is you got to remember how good we were in the second half of last season. If you compare to where we yeah. were after 12 games last season. Last season, after 12 games, we were 13th in the league, four wins, yeah. five draws, three defeats. Goal difference was only plus three. We were, like I said, 13th in the league, below Altrincham, below Woking, below Eastleigh. We were well off it. We were 13 points off the top. Now, like you said, yeah. we've lost to our two closest rivals away from home, the two toughest games of the season, theoretically, and we're only one yeah. point off. So... You've just got to look at the wider picture and, and and just be as positive as possible. Which I know you'll get accused sometimes of being a happy clapper and yes. being. I was just going to mention that term, Rich. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, you've got to have some nuance, haven't you? That, that yeah. it's understandable that you can be angry and be frustrated and want more from the yeah. team and, and know they should play better. But they've already had a marked improvement on on last season, and you're not going to win every game, particularly at this level. And you know. The, those things do happen, but Saturday's game wasn't just about the football. It was marred by the the crowd trouble, which saw eleven people arrested, uh, 
after before and after the game <sighs> condemned by the club condemned by the local authorities i know we don't uh, condone that sort of action ourselves the club have said that they want supporters to try distance themselves from from such behavior it was you know ugly and it's disappointing that after such a brilliant match of football that was the the main narrative really and it, it went in the mainstream media across the uk uh, I saw Andy Tate, the uh, you might remember that United fans uh, giving yeah. us some grief on social media as well, as if Sunday wasn't embarrassing enough for United fans. They had to try piling <laughs> on Wrexham as well. But what can be done about fan treble, really, Tommy? I mean, we saw it on the on the dock last week, didn't we? In that hooligan episode, just tougher yeah. sanctions and and get it eradicated. I, I'm not sure what else can can really be done. Yeah, I mean it's it's tough, isn't it? Like like I say, um, you know, that's not something that I've uh, I've ever been involved in myself. I, you know, I've known people who have in the past, and I've spoken to them about it and stuff like that. It's um, you know, it, yeah, we we can't condone that. We we know that we can't condone the behaviour and stuff like that. But I think um, you know, you can you, you can sort of talk about the reasoning behind sort of that sort of stuff, disaffected youth and and, and stuff like that, but. You know, we, we're not here to make excuses for that sort of behaviour. And, and we've got to be careful because as a club now, we are in the public eye. Um, so we do have to be careful about the reputation of the club. And, um, and you know, we, we, we don't want, um, you know, we don't want Ryan and Rob to, to sort of look at it and go, uh, you know, not that I think that they would. I, I don't think there's hardly any chance of that. But it'd be a great shame, wouldn't it, if they walked away due to, you know, things happening off the field. Um, exactly. I think another important point as well, though, it's not just a Wrexham issue. You can't just blame Wrexham and, no, of and course. say that, I, I, say that yeah. it's just us as a club, which, you know, it does feel at times like we're a very easy target, aren't we? Because lots of people yeah. hate us, which we want to be hated again. We we, yeah. we were liked for too long, weren't we? But now we are. Yeah. Everyone knows Wrexham. They, lots of people just know us as the Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney yeah. club. And people try and take an, an easy hit at us when we can. And I know we've had some grief in the past again, just in terms of fans. Are we ambassadors of the club? But we do represent them. And, you know, the reputation of the club is is sort of shown within supporters and their actions on the match day and it's that the majority of fans do behave and they do have respect yeah. for others etc and it's always gonna be a small small minority but like you said, I, I, think... I had to laugh sorry rich so to uh, i had to laugh though at uh, andy tate um oh only talking about Wrexham fans it wasn't blaming olden fans of course that you know it takes takes two group of fans to meet each other and have a, exactly. a kickoff, doesn't it if, if it was only Wrexham fans fighting they'd be fighting themselves so yeah, exactly. you've got to, yeah. to, both yeah. sides are, are accountable for this and you can't just yeah. say it's a Wrexham issue because it really isn't and like you but, said I think yeah. but for him to, to just say oh Wrexham fans oh yeah not not olden fans then Andy no no just just the Wrexham fans fighting great and yeah, calling out bootlegger for a fight as well. I mean, fair play to Carl. He, he shot yeah. that down himself and said he's a, he's a lover, not yeah. a fighter, basically, on social media. But yeah, like I said, as if the weekend wasn't embarrassing enough for United fans. They, they just keep that digging that hole deeper and deeper for themselves, really. So yeah, Oldham was an experience. It was a brilliant away day again because it reminded me of Halifax away last season, really, where we yes. were crap, outplayed. We had Warren giving us crap and grief and it was basically fond up this time, doing the Ronaldo celebration, absolutely embarrassing. And then for, for us to come back and win at late on was just so, so sweet. And then Notts County away, we've said it before, but I guess to expand on it, Tommy, it was 
it was an even game, but like I said, from the away end, it looked like we missed some guilt head chances and, and you had that same sort of verdict from the press box as well. There was a couple in particular where you really would be backing us to score. Yeah, 100%. You know, like you, you've got to say as well, you, you can't be too harsh because, uh, you know, Palmer and Mullin have won us so many games and scored a ridiculous amount of goals for us that, you know, you, you can excuse... Um, you know, missing chances because, well, you know, let's be honest about it. They're not trying to miss chances. It, it just, it just happens, doesn't it? But, but no, they, certainly both, both of them last night, especially Ollie Palmer, had chances where you would expect them nine times out of ten to put them away. Uh, just speaking to you before, Rich, when we, um, you know, that that one early in the first half, I, th- I think we were only about seven or eight minutes in, actually. Yeah, it was first it was before, ten, definitely. Yeah, yeah, it was before the, um, it was before their goal. And um, and yeah, Palmer really should have slipped in Mullin there. Um, you know, they were they were two on one, and Palmer's gone for the shot. Unfortunately, that you know, all of a sudden, who knows? Who knows what happens? You know, you go one nil up, the crowd start to get edgy. You know, because because what happened in the end was that, that you know their crowd were were well up for it, as you'd imagine, as as you know, as our fans were. I, th- I thought our fans were magnificent. I, a couple of people said to me. That they they felt like our fans were quite quiet last night, but it certainly certainly didn't seem like that from uh, from this press box. They they no, got behind the side. Great great noise, yeah, in the away. Yeah, end. it was brilliant. It's, it's difficult when you've got the fans so far apart in a stadium like that, really, because obviously we're we're boxed in. We don't get the full stand. It's a Tuesday night. We travelled amazingly, but even at Oldham on the weekend, my friend Joe, who we had on the podcast last week, he was saying that at Oldham away, we can't hear them and they can't hear us, basically. I mean, yeah. the away end was incredible at Boundary Park, but the Oldham yeah. fans, unless they were in that pocket in the corner, they yeah. no one else really heard it that much. But yeah, they, no. we, don't, we don't need to worry about our support. It was oh, immense no. again. Nearly 2,000 yeah. there, wasn't it, for a Tuesday night game? Brilliant. Every, every time I've been, I think that's my fourth. I'll have to stop going, actually, because I think it's my fourth <laughs> visit to Meadow, Meadow Lane. I don't think I've seen us win. I think my first visit was 2007, and I think Hector Sam got the winner against us or something like that. I think he was playing for Notts County then. But, um, but yeah, I haven't had a lot of luck. But every time I go to Meadow Lane, I think, wow, this this is a proper, proper ground. And, uh, you know, they, their fans, got to hand it to them, their fans were fantastic last night as well, really loud. Um, and, it, you know, I was chatting to, uh, you know, a couple of their guys, uh, county fans up, up near me, and... Um, and you know, basically saying it's two essentially two League One clubs, potentially Championship clubs, going head to head in non-league. You know, uh, and that's what but it felt like. It does feel there's a, a respect between two clubs, doesn't there? Really, it's not like a, yeah. a nasty rivalry that we've had no. in recent years. Whatever, it feels like two clubs who know the other one deserves better as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And um, you know, I mean, there's plenty of time for that to change if there's a <laughs> if the title race keeps going. But you know, um, yeah, I mean, you know, you just goes to show i think that um I, I don't think there's there's any need to panic after a result like that it's a very very tight game that literally massive cliche but could have gone either way game of two halves or all, all the cliches that rolled into one <laughs> last night but but you know who'd have thought um four days ago what are we today wednesday four days ago who'd who'd have thought that chesterfield would have lost two home games on the trot so you know i think we we have to be uh we have to be realistic and say we've done really well so far. We've got three out of the next four at home now. Um, and I, you know, I, I, I'm going to say it. I don't like making these predictions because they usually bite <laughs> me on the ass. But I, I think I think we're going to go unbeaten at home all season. 
Um, I, I suspect we might lose a couple more on the road, maybe, but I, um, I'm really confident that our home form's going to continue. And um, and yeah, we just need to we need to find a way of re- reproducing that that dominance that we have at home on the road because, um, as I say, Boreham Wood coming up soon, and um, that's the sort of game I think it would be a real boost if we could go down there and uh, and get a result, you know. Yeah, exactly. I think that's that's spot on. I, I do, being a pessimistic Wrexham fan, I do think there might be one of those games like we had Yeovil last season. Perhaps, I yeah. I can't see us losing more than one. And I certainly can't see us getting totally outplayed at home at all yeah. this season. That's maybe the, the, the main takeaway. We're just excellent. And like I said, it's just, it's really, really difficult. I think next time we've got former players on, maybe ask them why. Why are we a different team away from home? I guess we have got the confidence, the, the belief, the players know how to get the crowd behind them in these home games and, and, and the away ones, particularly when we do go a goal down, it is a is an uphill uphill struggle. And I think even the Knotts game last night, they've got such good support behind them. Yeah. It's it is really tough. You've got to remember that it's it's like a, another team coming to the race course and, and when yeah. we beat them, you know, they might have their own good home form, but when when the race course is rocking, then you you have got that extra man against you and, and that is used against us sometimes when we go to the, to these bigger games. Yeah. It's a, a real tough one, the goal then, isn't it, Tommy? Because from Knott's point of view, it's a really nice worked goal straight off the training ground. They've, yeah. they've absolutely done us there. Defensively, yeah. particularly when you can break it down and watch it on Twitter now, in, in the old days, you wouldn't get the highlights, would you? I mean, I know the no. National League make it as difficult anyway to watch the highlights <laughs> as they can. I know they've, they have changed the rules in recent, recent weeks, but it doesn't look good defensively. But I think that... It's really easy to cr- criticise the players when they've been torn apart like that because the whole point of the success was no one saw it coming. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it was frustrating because it was, uh, it was, as you say, really, really well worked goal. Really impressive football played by them. But what what I would be concerned about is is when they've got to that byline, um, you've got you've you've got a fifteen sixteen goal striker with three yards of space in the box. That's my concern. Really, you've you've got to be looking to um, you know to, to he, he's the man you've got to be paying special attention to, and you know for for him to be able to receive the ball, the cutback, and you know he's got a couple of yards of space. It's you know that's that's the thing we need to be looking at. But but you know you got to be fair as well. But one thing I, I do think we we've got better at is riding out these periods where we're under under the cosh under a bit of pressure without you know the the worst thing that can happen and sometimes i mean we do it to teams we overawe teams don't we we yeah. we we have we very rarely have a 90 minute complete display it, it, we we're just not that sort of team really but that that's fine that's not an issue i don't think but what we do well, especially at home, is we absolutely overawe teams in 10-minute periods. And quite often we'll score two or three goals in these 10-minute periods. And then, you know, you'll have a lull of maybe half an hour. And that's that's how it goes. The that good was the thing case for, from, last week, wasn't it? Even in the uh, yeah. the massive home win against Torquay, whatever. Yeah. It was like two, two stages of the goals being scored, wasn't it? It was early on yeah. and late on. And in yeah. between, nothing really happened. But It's quite a big devastating. feature of, of our game, I, I think, Rich. And... Um, you know, like I think on the flip side, we're quite good at staying in the game even when we're under the cost. Like you know, like the first half an hour last night, really they they should should have perhaps been 
in two, maybe three up even. You know, they, they were they were by far the better side in the first half. Are they the best team you've seen us play this season? <sighs> it's it's tough because I was really impressed by Chesterfield as well. It, it's hard, isn't it? Because Chesterfield have lost two. That skewed my opinion a little bit. Yeah. I was more impressed on the night with Chesterfield. The reason being, they didn't give us a kick. Whereas... I, I feel like we we had big periods last night where we were on top and some and, big know, chances, didn't we? Yeah. Big chances. We 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 carved them open. They were a little bit susceptible to a ball over the top as well, which I think bodes well for us because they're going to come up against teams popping the ball over the top of their heads. So you know, perhaps that's that's something that they're going to be susceptible against other teams in the league. Uh, personally, mate, I I would say I would say I was more impressed on the night with Chesterfield when they beat us two 0 I, I agree. Think, yeah. I think you can. For, just... for me, I think um, they're, they're both excellent teams, and you know, we, we, we if we win the league this year, it's you forget about the money for a second. Yeah, we know we've spent an incredible amount of money. We know that, but you've got to be fair and say that we're up against two excellent, excellent sides. Uh, I totally Maybe agree. more than two. Maybe more yeah. than two. Yeah, it's going to be a real, real slog, isn't it? And like I said, I think that's why I am still confident because our quality will show through in the end. And even the the win at Dorking, like that, that looks really impressive now because they beat yeah. Dagenham, didn't they, the other week? Was it five or yeah. five five one or five nil or whatever? Like, yeah. For us to go there and win five nil, I I do feel that yeah, it's been disappointing to lose to Notts and, and and to Chesterfield, but we're still such a formidable team at home. And like I said, yeah. we've only played five games at home. We've won them all. Scored twenty goals and conceded three. We obviously need to get a bit better on the road, but we played seven times away from home now, so yeah, we, we that's been a bit of a disadvantage for us. So once they start evening up a bit, and we, like I said, once yeah. we are playing more games at home, like so we've got this big string of games coming now, then I think that by the end of that run, we might be, we might finally be, you know, top of the table, and there might be a cushion. Yeah. But again, if if you're going to lose to your two closest rivals away from home. Then yeah. you're still above one by two points and below the other by one point. It really yeah. isn't the end of the world. Like we said, in terms of the the lineup. It was unchanged from Oldham, which I did find surprising. Jordan Davis limped off early on in the game, uh, got replaced after 40 minutes, but he'd gone down previously about five five minutes earlier or so. Elliot Lee came on. He was quiet, but we were all quiet, really. Everyone seemed to have an off night. Do you think that there is going to be more growing debate than in the weeks that particularly if he's injured, that Jordan Davis might lose his place in the starting lineup because it's not quite got going for him this season. He's had some great moments, as, as he always does, but mm. we need to be able to to mix things up. And I guess maybe one criticism, which I, I don't think is a fair criticism, is maybe we are a bit predictable for teams to prepare against because everyone knows the lineup. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Uh, I think that's fair. I, I must admit, I, I half expected... Uh, Jordan to to be on the bench in favour of Lee last night. I, I did I, I did sort of say I, I fancied uh, I fancied Elliot Lee to come to the side. Um, 
Yeah, I, I think I think maybe I think we will see Lee on Saturday. Uh, I don't know how I don't know the extent of Jordan's injury. That, um, you know, they said last night they're gonna have to have a look at it and stuff like that. But um, yeah, maybe maybe Jordan will have a little bit of a rest now. Either way, um, which I don't necessarily think would be a bad thing. I mean, this this is what Parkinson wanted. He wanted uh, quality to come in in every single position. Um, one thing, one thing I would say, I've I've liked. The, the difference that um, that Liam McAlinden has made coming off the bench in the last couple of games, and I I like him as a, as an attacking outlet because of the system that we play, you've got to have two, for me you've got to have two attacking wing backs and and Callum McFadden's a he's a good player very good player for me I think he's a left I don't really think he's a wing back not in the same sense that Mendy is. Yeah, and, and I think I that's think been telling, really, hasn't it, since Mendy's injury. I think we've injury. really missed Mendy. Yeah, I think we've really missed him. I, I, I really do. I think he's been excellent. I think perhaps people have underestimated just how good he's been this season for us. What a signing he's been. I'd like to see McAlinden. I really would. I'd like to see him come in at, at, at the wing back. I really like him. He's tall as well, so he's he's not you know he's not quite susceptible to that ball over over his head. Um. Yeah, I, I like him, but you know, I, I don't expect to see that really. I think, you know, I think um, McAlinden's a very useful player to have on the bench because he can come on in a number of different positions. But, um, but yeah, just going back to the Lee thing, I think um, you know, even last night when, as you say, I think he had perhaps one of his quieter games, he was still good. Like he played one ball down, right down the line, and it literally. I don't think the ball left the, the touchline the whole time. It just rolled right along the line and put Mullin uh, through on goal, which is, you know, just that rare bit of quality that he possesses that perhaps perhaps no one else on the field can really do. He does um, look effortless, doesn't he, when he when he's yeah, got the ball and he's he's an extremely talented footballer. And you know, what we've got to find out now is how can we get that ninety minutes out of him rather than just the uh, the half an hour cameo because the sheer quality that he possesses, really what we should be doing is is almost almost building a team or not building a team, but 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 like basing our play and our tactics around getting the ball to his feet. He almost because he's got that much quality. It's it's not a direct comparison, but he does kind of have that Don Vose about him, doesn't he? In mm. terms of you need to just cater to his strengths, let him do his thing. Yeah. And yeah, he just he he makes a difference all the time, and it's going to be interesting to see how how we go about that in in, in the coming weeks. And you know, we'll maybe even address it now. We have got Blythe Spartans in, in the FA Cup. That's yeah. going to be a good chance for us to mix things up again away from home. Of course, repeats of, of the famous ties at St James's Park, Dixie McNeil, all that. Yeah. Uh, are you going to be going to Blythe? I think I might, to be honest. Yeah, I think I will be. I I don't. I, I don't quite often when um, we have sort of uh, you know further away away games. Let's say over 150 200 miles. I tend to because I I cover North Wales football as well. I tend to take the opportunity to go and cover a North Wales game. But but I think I, I will go up to Blythe. Um, I do quite fancy that one. Um, you know, so yeah, I think we'll um, play it by ear. But yeah, I really do fancy that one. And like you say, it's uh, this historical context of the um, you know. I've watched the YouTube videos of Dixie and you know, from the forty-five thousand people at St James's Park and all that. You know, it's uh, it's quite a nice draw, really. And what I really liked, actually, Rich, as well, is that um, you know, uh, the reaction of the, their Twitter and their supporters and stuff. You know, they're they're absolutely buzzing to be playing us, and 
you know, it's a nice feeling to know that people see us as as a genuine, you know, fantastic draw to get. Now, um, I was, I must admit, I was hoping for Merthyr. I, re- I quite that would have been uh, mega, yeah. A trip down to Merthyr, but um, but yeah, the Welsh derby, but but no, Blythe's a, a good draw and. Like you say, I think it's a good opportunity for us to mix it up a little bit. It'd be good to see a bit of Tunnicliffe, maybe. Yeah, I mean, he's in danger of maybe becoming another Brisley, isn't he? He's a <laughs> phenomenal player, and when we signed him, I was so excited. But surely he gets that. I mean, he dropped off, dropped out the bench, didn't he, for O'Connor last night? So yeah. it's it's going to be interesting to see how we approach that one. And of course, the FA Cup gives you another two substitutes on the bench as well. So hopefully, it's yeah. a chance for us to to have a look at, at the wider squad as well. And I think just for context now, I mean, we'll, we will preview the game properly next week. Blythe currently 21st place in the National League, League North. So, yeah, you, you know, I mean, we saw Marine last season. They gave us a real good go at their yeah. place. So can't have any complacency whatsoever. And it's a really strong side at Marine as well. So it's got to be interesting to see, you know, how, how we do approach that one. And a cup run, Tommy, I mean, how do you feel about that? Because on one hand... I really want us to get to the third round. I want us to have a big yeah. away to, away day. You know, if we get a massive tie, it will be on TV. There's no question about that. But it's all about promotion this season, isn't it? Do you think we've yeah, got the squad depth and the ability to go on both fronts yeah. or, or not? Yeah, I think we have. I, I genuinely think we have. I think, I think we, you know, it, it is something with, with, the, um, with the squad depth we've got. It is something really... As you say, we all know we want promotion, and if that means get getting beaten against Blythe and going up, then of course we take that every day of the week, don't we? But but it, football doesn't work like that. I think it'd be, um, I think it'd be, it's been a long, long time since we've had a good run. Uh, I think it'd be nice to do that now, and I think we've got the team now where we could genuinely take on it. You know, anyone outside the Premier League, I think we could we could give a really good game, especially at the race course. Well, you, I mean, um, you, you look at some of those small, not not smaller in this regard, but the small teams in the Premier League who, yeah. who are down on their luck. You, if you got Forest away or you got Forest at yeah. home, you'd say, you know what, a Wrexham team Quite who hasn't it. lost. Yeah, yeah, you would go yeah. for it. I remember when... Uh, I hate to say the name, but Newport knocked out Leicester. Um, yeah. after, it was the game after we played them, wasn't it? That was their yeah. their, their yeah. reward, and they knocked out Claude Puel's Leicester. He got sacked the, the following week, I believe. And just you know, it's it's annoying because you, you just get a feeling that this Wrexham team could do something really special because we've yes. got those match winners, we've got that League One pedigree in our strike force. There's there's yeah. so much for it, and no Premier League defender would want to come up against a Bento's long throw. You know, we've got that in our Arsenal. We can we can just harm any yeah. team who, who wants to play sort of pretty football as well so yeah fingers yeah. crossed we can go far in, in, in the cup this season and Tommy I want to also ask you while you're on the podcast what have you made of the documentary we've got a bumper <laughs> release of episodes this week four episodes in, in total come in one of them yeah. is called wins and losses which will look as Wrexham start to get sort of momentum more, more focus on the football side there's a whole episode dedicated to the Dover game titled worst team in the league then there's Hollywood distraction when Wrexham defeated Stockport 3-0. And the final episode this week is called Daggers. Dagging them away on the final day of the season. Um, mm. I think we all know how that one ends. But <laughs> what have you made of, of the doc so far? I've, I've really enjoyed it. I genuinely have. I, I, like, the, um, I like the different, um, 
you know, the different sort of styles of it's not like every episode is is almost completely different in their approach, isn't it? Like you know, you like the, uh, the the wide world, the wide world of Wales. But yeah, that's that's an impossible <laughs> one, isn't it? So like I've had a few wrecks of lagers. Uh, the wide world of Wales. There you go. Um, that was that was an interesting one. That's quite good. Very what did you make of that? Us. Because very much geared to an American audience, wasn't exactly. it? Exactly, um, and you've you got know, to remember that, that, that lots of, genuinely, a lot of the audience will not know that Wales is a country in its own right. So yeah. you've got to feed off the stereotypes to a degree, haven't you? You've got to make yeah. it a gateway, yeah. really. You, you're never going to get a full, proper history of Wales in such a short amount of time. But what, what did you? Yeah, what have you made of it? Because the publicity they've done for the country, the language, the heritage, yeah. the culture is already. It's, it's more than the government have done, you know, in a yeah. far longer period of time. So it's it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because you've got to appeal to the masses while also doing yeah. a, a service to to the subject matter. No, I, I think they've done a, a really, really, genuinely do think they've done a really, really good job because it's one of my, you know, sort of, you know, bugbears sometimes. Like, but quite often it's from like the you know like a lot of the london based media which i don't want to criticize too much because i sort of sort of like my paymasters but you know what I, mean? I agree but, I, uh, I think if we're both journalists we can both slag them off you know from... there you go yeah I'll, I'll take your lead on that one then rich uh, yeah yeah, yeah no, i like, get what you uh... mean it's from these these people who don't make who, who know who Wrexham are they know football they're, they're yeah. great reporters they're great writers but they take easy digs because they don't understand yeah. the true context of it all and they don't understand that us as Wrexham fans are happy with it. We understand that the price we've got to pay is yeah. that some of our we sell a, sell a degree of our sort of identity, and we have to appeal to a new audience and the masses. But there's still a real heart and core at the club, which I know has been diluted a little bit by the takeover because that's just the nature of it. And keeping community at the core is a is a key matter for the owners, but. It's always going to be difficult, and there's been some awful own goals and bad decisions made by the club, which you know there's, you can't ignore. But I think every Wrexham fan and the majority of Wrexham fans maybe aren't that bothered because there's a price you have to pay, isn't there? Yeah, it, it's it's like the same as everything. You know, there's a balancing act with everything. They're just going back to the you know that thing. I think they've done a great job with the you know the the. The, the, the Welsh episode and things like that. I, I really do. I think they've shown so much respect and they've shown it like, you know, the, everyone, uh, including, you know, Humphrey as well, Ryan and Robert, showed a, a real willingness to learn about the culture, the area, the Wrexham area, North Wales as a whole, Wales as a whole. Um, and that shines through. But yeah, what you're saying there, uh, Rich, as well, I think, um, yeah, little things. There's been certain things that have gone on that the club have, have made a couple of decisions, perhaps, and I, I can fully understand. I've had people on the phone to me saying, "Oh, you know, about um, being moved seats and things like that." And I, I really do. I feel for the fans. I completely get their complaints and stuff like that. But unfortunately, yeah, and we all did it. We all voted uh, for this, and what what we voted was um, was for the club to be successful going forward. Now that doesn't mean we've given the thumbs up to completely dilute our culture and, you know, like our history and all that, because no, absolutely not. And the WSC did a great job in putting these safeguards in place, I think. Um, not not that I think they wanted to rip that apart anyway, but I, I think it's good that we've got, you know... It's like an insurance policy, isn't it? It's just, ground. Exactly, yeah, that's you've exactly You've got these loopholes where they can't yeah. have the full extent of doing things. Yeah. There's got to be some criteria that yeah. they, they come under. Yeah, I think, like I said, I think that that's just... And, and 
you, you look at people like Vincent Tan at Cardiff changing the colour and stuff like that, and you know that would be that would be a travesty that happened to us, you know. So it's good that they've put these safeguards in, and also. Yeah, I, I, th- I think, like you say, in the name of progress, there has to be some changes. That's not going to please everyone. You've got to be realistic about it. But at the same time, um, I think now, and I hope, hopefully this thing gets on the ground where there's, um, I forget what they're calling it, it's like a supporters... Uh, Fine advisory like board. Sort of sort of. Liaison meeting. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. I, I think that's going to be good. Will they take absolutely everything the supporters say, um, you know, and, and act on it? Possibly not, but just to have that dialogue between between the supporters and the club uh, is a good thing because you you know at the end of the day the supporters are the club uh, you know they really are um, you know that without the supporters there is no club that's that's the reality of it and and Ryan and Rob realise that and uh, and yeah I think they've done a fantastic job so far you know we could talk about you know perhaps some of the other goings on or whatever but you know without getting too far into that I think um, you know I think generally from the, from the top and Humphrey Kerr as well I think is a great figurehead to have on board very likable guy very knowledgeable guy not not necessarily on the football side but just um you know just he's an intelligent fella I think um you know and he, he's an excellent mouthpiece for the club as well yeah a real so, asset um, isn't he a really likeable... so yeah like I say really likable guy yeah really likable guy and then um, I think just agreeing with what you said uh, to sum it up Rich I think it's a balancing act but you know, I think we're going in the right direction, are we? You know, you, you lose that, you lose that game at Notts County, but generally speaking, things on the field are going really well. Um, and yeah, you know, there's good times ahead. We've got to, we've got to enjoy it. It's going to be, you know, it might be squeaky bum time to quote uh, Alex Ferguson, but you know, this this Bring is where on. we want to be. Yeah. We, we nearly went down to the the Conference North a couple of years ago. Exactly. So yeah, like we said, there's four episodes of Welcome to Wrexham this week. If you do want to check out the full episode guide with descriptions of each of those, that is on robryanred.com. Just click on the Welcome to Wrexham tab. And of course, you can get in contact with us there on robryanred.com. And Nafe tells me to plug it every week. Just Rob Ryan Red on basically all social media. I'm not going to give up sp- sort of specific platform instructions here, but you know where we are. Again, if you do get the chance to give us a like, give us a rating, that is the best way for us to grow. Before we get onto Barnet, then at the end, again, another sort of thing that I can't believe I'm having to say this, but if you live in the Riffin area, leave Aaron Hayden alone. I actually can't believe we're having to, <laughs> to report on this. Aaron Hayden's taken to Instagram himself just saying, can fans give him and his family some respect and privacy? He said that he's had people knocking on his door, just asking to say hello. Obviously, it's very humbling and he's a he is a celebrity figure in North Wales now. He's obviously been in the documentary as well. Comes across extremely well in that because it's a true representation of him. A, a credit to the club, a great asset, a phenomenal football player. But as Aaron says, I appreciate the love and the, appreciate the support always. But kindly, please, could you not knock on my door if you know where I live? My home is a place for privacy and the rest for me and my family. I'll always try and make time to speak to you and then around the club. He goes out his way, he poses for pictures, he, he signs autographs, but you know he has his own life away from the football club as well. So if you're listening to this, I suspect most of our listeners anyway would, wouldn't even dream of doing that or consider doing that, but it's just weird. It's just weird and it's uncalled for, and you've got to remember that these players, human beings as well, are entitled to a private life and 
do not intrude on that really give them the same respect you'd expect for yourself really and Tommy there's not really anything to add on that is there no, I, I mean, I did laugh at the start there, but I just, uh, it's it's not a funny thing. It's genuinely not. And Alan Hayden's, um, you know, I've been lucky enough to speak to Alan on a couple of occasions and he absolutely loves living in the Vale of Cluid. Um, you know, he's loving his life there. He loves the, the you know, the peace and quiet he gets there. So, no, it's genuinely, it's, it's not on. I'm laughing because... To be honest with you, yeah. it's just so ridiculous. Why would you knock on someone's front door to ask for an autograph? It's just, you know, uh, don't do it. Come on, let's let's be fair. Of course, there are heroes, they're they're Wrexham players, and we, we you know we love them to bits. But but no, come on, let's let's give them their peace and quiet. We there's plenty of opportunities to see them after the games, you know, and and you know what, every single one of them are good guys, and they you know. They, it, it, it doesn't go a day doesn't go by on Twitter without someone having a photo with a Wrexham player. So, you know these guys do give up their time. They, they you know, a lot of the a lot of them people, you know, like your Paul Mullin. Sometimes I think he gives up like you know half an hour an hour of his day yeah. sometimes Selfless. just to have photos and yeah, absolutely. But, and so, there's a lot as well that goes best, on that's the, not on social media. Yeah. Lots of these players who will be like, and there, and there was that course. tweet the other week that went viral of Nathan Ake signing someone's match attacks and waiting in the park for them to come back and bring them. Like these Wrexham players will go above and beyond their duties anyway, but there's a time and a place for it, and you've just got to respect that. And particularly at their home, I just don't know how anyone would think that's acceptable in the first place. And yeah, it goes without saying that that is not condoned whatsoever and yeah just if that is you or you know someone's done that just give your give your head a wobble and just take a step back it's it's embarrassing and it's harassment so yeah it's it's mad that we've even got to to spell that out but to get on with the football then tommy barnet at home this weekend they started the league very well themselves they've tailed off a little bit but they were a team i was tipping to get relegated probably quite lazily because they were bad last season but it's going to be a tricky one. That their, their, their recent result, they won on Tuesday night 4-3 against Maidstone. But heading into that, they'd lost 3-1 away at Aldershot. They'd lost at home to Dorking. Lost 5-4 in that crazy game against Dagenham. And lost 5-0 at home to York. So they are a team who are involved in a lot of goals. Yeah. You've got to be fancying our chances though. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Like we said before, Rich, I think I fancy our chances against anyone at home. Um, I think you know. I, I I genuinely don't care who it is. I think we could we could play Notts County tomorrow at home. I I, w- I would be very very confident of getting the victory. So, so yeah, I think Barnet. Like like you said, I, I must admit, I thought Barnet were going to struggle a little bit this year. But um, you know, they 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 are a they're a funny sort of side Barnet, and they um. So yeah, it's it's um. You know, it, it, well, I don't think it'd be an easy game by any stretch, but I do. I fancy uh. I fancy a comfortable victory. I might say, yeah, uh, I might go for a 2 0, I think. 2 0, yeah, I like that optimism. I think I'm probably going to go similar. I mean, we've also got this knack as well lately that when we are winning games, we're getting a few more clean sheets now as well, aren't we? I know there's been a few exceptions yeah. lately, but it's just been encouraging. I mean, I think that the goal we conceded late on against Dagenham really hurt the players. They'd won the game comfortably, yeah. but the last sort of taste of that game for them was conceding the goal and I think that's made them even yeah. more alert and even more hungry to go on and, and raise those standards for the weeks ahead so yeah hopefully a win and a clean sheet this weekend ahead of that game against Blythe a week on Saturday and like, like Tommy said as well some really winnable home games as, as they all should be and, and, and relatively have been and yeah we're in a far better position now than we were at the same time last season so 
Tuesday night was annoying, but there's a lot more positivity to have, and this this club is going in the right direction. So, yeah, you know where to follow us, and, and thank you very much for everyone who does follow us on Rob Brown Red. As always, please you can leave a like and subscribe and rate us and follow us on all the social media platforms. Get in contact on robryanred.com. But that just leaves me with enough time to say thank you very much to our guest Tommy Kaus. And Tommy, have you got any more takeaways? Have you got any more events you're going <laughs> to this week? Anything that's not football related on your radar? Well, I think I'm uh, I'm all pantoed out for a while now, Rich. But uh, but yeah, no takeaways every Thursday. Uh, do my Facebook live and then I do my written review as well. And um, yeah, absolutely love it. I think I'm more of a takeaway fan than a football fan these days. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, and my uh, you know my waistline will uh, will attest to that as well. But uh, but yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's variety is the spice of life. They say, Rich, don't they? I guess before we go, then what, what what's been the best takeaway you've, you've reviewed so far? Do you have one on the top of your head that you'd, you'd recommend for all Wrexham fans? A bit of free publicity. Well, I tell you here. what, because yeah, I tell you what, I've got I've got to give a shout out to um to my mate Jossie's uh, Jossie's family, obviously Jones is Chippy and Wrexham. Um, I've got to give a shout out to them. Jossie wouldn't uh, uh, <laughs> he wouldn't forgive me if I didn't. But uh, but no, that that's that is a fantastic Chippy. I, you know, all the Wrexham. Uh, Lads and lasses will know about Jones's it's a brilliant place. But I've got to say, I don't know if you've been there, Rich. Joe sees Chippy in uh, Rosa Medre. I hope you uh, like chips Kevin, if you listen uh, to this Kevin episode, Mal. by the way. It's, it's uh, honestly, absolutely. It, they do this thing. They do this breaded chip cone, right? Which is like, I don't know, I suppose it's like a cob or something. They take the bread out the middle, put all the chips in, chicken curry in there as well. You've got to try it. It's absolutely to die for, mate. So, uh, so yeah, get yourselves there, Wrexham Re- fans. Wrexham win at the weekend, clean sheet and a chippy tea. What more yeah. could you ask for? Yeah, <laughs> using you... using discount code uh, Rob Ryan Red as well. <laughs> we do not condone that, but yeah, we'll have it. We'll have it. <laughs> try and get us on commission. That'll be good. But we do need to thank our actual podcast sponsors uh, who aren't a chip shop, uh, Red Ten People Development, and of course uh, Wrexham bass band Hypnotic, who produce all the music and the stings for the podcast so once again Tommy thank you very much thank you very much wherever you are in the world as well as always please leave a like and subscribe if you haven't already take care and we'll see you again next time it's the 90th minute all your mates are around you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go your mate's already got butt for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport, powered by fans.